Al-Bayan Radio presents the following lesson from Masjid Al-Azhar, Bilmo. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala Rasulillah, wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een, amma ba'd. Tonight's topic is Al-Ubudiyah lillahi azza wa jal. It is servitude towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, being a true slave of Ar-Rahman, being a true slave of Allah azza wa jal. And this is a very important topic. Because it is for this reason we were created. Allah Azza wa Jal says, وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسِ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala says, I have not created jinn kind, nor mankind, except that they shall worship me. And so we were created to worship Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. And so it is important to understand, how do we worship Allah? What does Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala want from us? What is his state of having servitude towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And for this reason the sharia has come and made it very clear and has mentioned the traits and the characteristics and the mannerisms that every slave of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala needs to have and needs to implement in his life. And so this is the religion in reality. Al-Ubudiyyah, servitude towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is all of the religion. All of the religion is based around being a slave of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so in reality, al-ubudiyyah is of two types. The first type is the ubudiyyah to the lordship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in this type of servitude and being a slave to Allah, then we say then everybody is the same. The Muslim and the kafir, the good Muslim, the Muslim that upholds the commandments of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the one that this obeys Allah Azza wa Jal. They are all slaves of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the first type of servitude towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As Allah says, in kullu man fi samawati wal ard, illa aati rahmani abda. That verily everything in the heavens and the earth, and everyone in the heavens and the earth, is going to come to who? They are going to come to Ar-Rahman, the most merciful Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as what? As a slave, as a servant. And when is this? They are going to come to him in the hereafter, on a day of judgment. Where we are going to stand in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and be accountable for our deeds. And to either go to the paradise or to the hellfire. And so everybody is a slave of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But this is only the first type. The second type is the important type. The second type is that which the messengers came to teach us. The second type is that which the messengers themselves worked on within themselves and what they called to and nurtured the people upon. This is Al-Ubudiyyah Azza wa Jal. It is the servitude towards the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in worship. That Allah Jalla wa Ala is the only one worthy of worship. And so Al-Ubudiyyah in reality is tied with Al-Ibadah. And this is why the words, they share the same root words. Abada, Ain, Ba, and Dal. They come from the same word. So what is ibadah? What is worship? Worship has been defined by Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullahu ta'ala as being ismun jami'un likulli ma yuhibbuhu allahu wa yirda min al-aqwal wal-a'mal al-zahira wal-baatina. Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah, he defined al-ibadah as being what? As being a comprehensive term for everything that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves. Everything Allah loves is ibadah from statements and actions. 
statements of what? Statements of the heart, like your belief in the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Huh? And your belief in the angels. This is a statement of the heart. And also the statement of the tongue, such as saying La ilaha illallah. Your testimony to faith. And that Muhammad وسلم, is the messenger of Allah. This is from the statements of the tongue. And also the actions. What actions? Where are the actions? The actions of the heart, such as what? Your reliance upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Your love of Allah. Your fear of Allah. Your hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is from the actions of the heart. And also the actions of the limbs, such as your salah, your prostration to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Huh? Also, doing hajj, giving zakah. This is all from what? From the actions of the limbs. And so as a result, we say al-ubudiyya is in these three places. Al-ubudiyya, servitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In order for you to actualize al-ubudiyya, you need to rectify yourself. In where? First and foremost, in your heart. You need to rectify your heart to make it a heart that is clean. A heart that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves. A heart that Allah azza wa jal is pleased with. And also you need to rectify what? Your statements. To make sure that your statements are in line with Allah, what Allah azza wa jal loves. And it is far away from that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hates. And then also, the third place in which you need to rectify yourself is in your actions. Your limbs. You need to make sure that your limbs are in line with that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves. And for this reason, Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah ta'ala, he said, that maratibu al-ubudiyya is khamsata ashar. The levels of ubudiyya, of servitude, are 15. Where did he get this from? We just said that there are three places for al-ubudiyya, servitude. And every one of these places, there are five things that you need to learn. So with the heart, there are actions of the heart that are what? That are permissible, correct? And there are actions of the heart that are recommended. And there are actions of the heart that are obligatory. And then with the obligatory, some of it is necessary for the existence of your iman, and some of it is from that which completes your iman. And then there are actions of the heart that are, that are disliked. And then there are actions of the heart that are haram, that are forbidden. And likewise, those are of two types. Some actions of the heart can expel you from the fold of Islam. Such as what? Fearing something other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the way that Allah azza wa jal deserves to be feared. Not relying upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the way that he should be relied upon. So these are actions of the heart that expel a person from the fold of Islam. And then there are actions of the heart that are impermissible for a person to do, but they do not expel him from the fold of Islam, rather they make his iman deficient. And so likewise with the tongue. Al-mubah, wal-wajib, wal-mustahab, wal-makruh, wal-muharram. And likewise with the limbs. There are actions that are permissible, there are actions that are disliked, there are actions that are liked, recommended, there are actions that are obligatory, and there are actions that are haram. And so when a person understands all of this, he now knows the path to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He knows how to draw closer to Allah. He knows the journey, he knows the path that leads him to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is why al-ubudiyya is a very, very important topic that every believer must know. 
He must know because this is the reason why he was created as we said before. So Al-Ubudiyya, like we said, is of two types. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in reality, when he mentions in Surah Al-Furqan, the traits of the slaves of Allah, the true slaves of Allah, the true slaves of Ar-Rahman, in reality these aren't all of their characteristics, rather they have many characteristics. As we said, in reality, Al-Ubudiyya, servitude is all of the religion altogether. So these are just examples, and some of the main examples of which every believer needs to work on himself in order to actualize in his life. And there are things in there that have been mentioned that a believer needs to stay far away from in order to protect his servitude towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so I have a question. Is every slave of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the one that is a true slave of Allah, he has come with al-iman on the same level? No. So is the servitude of Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu like our servitude to Allah? No, but we're all believers, right? We are all slaves of Ar-Rahman. And so what differentiates us and Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu? It is because he actualized al-ubudiyyah to the fullest extent. And we have deficiencies in our ubudiyyah lillahi azza wa jal. And as a result, we are not at the level of Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu. And so we have deficiency in our ubudiyyah. And so in reality, every believer that says la ilaha illallah is, is what? Is a slave of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Contrary to the disbeliever. The disbeliever is a slave of Allah when it comes to his lordship. That Allah Azza wa Jal is the one that created him. The one that Allah Azza wa Jal has sustained. The one that his forelock is in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He doesn't do anything except with the permission of Allah. Yes, he's a slave of Allah. And he's going to come to Allah Azza wa Jal on a day of judgment whether he likes it or not. He's a slave in that right. But he's not a true slave of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The slave that Allah Azza wa Jal loves and wants from him. The servitude that Allah wants from him. He has not come with that. Because he has not come with an iman. And so an iman is the, the foundation of servitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you don't have iman, you have no servitude. So what is the Muslim? The Muslim is the one that comes with the shahadatain. Ashadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasooluh. And then he comes with that which necessitates of tawheed. So it is not simply uttering tawheed. Rather, it is coming with the meaning of a tawheed. If a person says, La ilaha illallah, but he doesn't come with the meaning of tawheed, is it going to benefit him? Does La ilaha illallah benefit the munafiq, the hypocrite? It doesn't, it doesn't benefit in the least. Rather, it is going to be a proof against him. And so you need to come with La ilaha illallah, but you also need to come with that which he necessitates from tawheed and leaving off a shirk. Al-Imanu Billah wal-Kufru Bil-Taghut You need to believe in Allah Azza wa Jalla and you need to disbelieve in Al-Taghut Otherwise you have not come with La ilaha illallah Even if you say it day and night Even if you say it a thousand times every day And so After this He does not come with something that negates his Tawheed So he says, he says La ilaha illallah He comes with that which he necessitates And he does not negate his Iman With one of the negators of Iman and there are many things that negate a person's iman. And so also a believer needs to learn about them in order to refrain from those things. Lest he fall into them. So this is the Muslim. This is the bare minimum. It is required for a person to be a slave of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then the believer continues to draw closer to Allah azza wa jalla until what? Until he becomes a person that 
does everything that Allah Azza wa has made obligatory upon him. And he stays away from everything that Allah Azza wa has made prohibited upon him. And this is called what? Al-Mu'min. The Muslim, Muslim, Al-Islam, Tumma Al-Iman, the second level of the religion. This person is called and known as what? Al-Mu'min. This is a person that does everything that Allah Azza wa has made obligatory upon him. And he refrains from everything that Allah Azza wa has made haram upon him. And this person is above the level of the Muslim. And then the third level of the religion is what? Al-Ihsan. Perfecting one's worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How do you perfect your worship of Allah? So it was defined as worshiping Allah as if you can see Him. And if you cannot see Him, then He sees you. And so when a person has this constant belief, and it is constantly in the back of his head, that Allah Azza wa is always watching him, and even better than that, he worships Allah as if he can see him, then this person has reached the level of Al-Ihsan. And so he perfects his what? His ibadah. He perfects his servitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He draws closer to Allah after the obligations with what? With the voluntary deeds. And he refrains from the disliked actions and the disliked things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't like, but aren't necessarily impermissible. So this, this is the way in which a believer draws closer to Allah. And this is what has come in the hadith, al hadith al Qudsi, where Allah Azza wa Jal says, مَا تَقَرَّبَ إِلَيَّ عَبْدِي بِشَيْءٍ أَحَبُّ إِلَيَّ مِمَّا افْتَرَطْتُهُ عَلَيَّ That the believer does not draw closer to me except with something more better than what? Than that which I've made obligatory upon him. This is the most important thing. That you do that which Allah Azza wa Jal has made obligatory upon you. And you stay away from that which Allah Azza wa Jal has made haram upon you. And then Allah Azza wa says that the believer continues to draw closer to me. وَلَا يَزَالُ عَبْدِي يَتَقَرَّبُ إِلَيَّ بِالنَّوَافِلِ فَإِذَا أَحْبَبْتُهُ كُنْتُ سَمْعَهُ الَّذِي يَسْمَعُ بِهِ وَبَصَرَهُ الَّذِي يُبْصِرُ بِهِ إِلَى آخِرِ الْحَدِيثِ That the, the slave continues to draw closer to Allah Azza wa Jal with what? With the voluntary actions. Until what? Until he becomes beloved to me. He becomes from awliya illahi azza wa jal, from the friends of Allah. And if Allah azza wa jal loves him, then Allah protects him and increases him in guidance and keeps him firm. He becomes the hand in which he strikes, the foot in which he walks, the eye in which he sees. All of his life becomes revolved around what? Around the religion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and servitude, al-ubudiyya. Servitude towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah protects him in this way. And if he was to ask Allah, Allah will surely give him. Allah will accept his dua. And if he was to seek refuge from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah shall surely provide him with refuge. But these are the three levels of the religion. And so the Muhsin has come with al-ubudiyya to the highest extent. Or he has come with a satisfactory as for the Muslim, he is still a slave of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But he is not like the Muhsin. And thus he does not see, receive the same blessings and the same protection and the same guidance that the Muhsin receives from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so in Surah Al-Furqan, 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he mentions a passage. And that passage begins with, وَعِبَادُ Rahman, And the slaves of the most merciful. And those that have come with servitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then he starts to list eight attributes that these people have come with. And in the end, after mentioning the attributes and their characteristics and their manners, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes their reward. What their reward is going to be. And so Allah says, وَعِبَادُ Rahman." The slave, ibad is the plural form of abd, slave. We've understood that concept. As for Ar-Rahman, why were they ascribed to Ar-Rahman? Why were they not said, why was it not said, Wa'ibadullah, and the slaves of Allah? What is the secret behind using the name Ar-Rahman? And so the scholars have mentioned that there are two reasons for this. The first reason is that they did not come to this state of servitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and perfection in their worship and Al-Ihsan, excellence in their worship, except through what? Except through the rahmah of Allah Azza wa Jal, the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It was not from themselves. Rather, it was blessing and mercy from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah bestowed upon them His favor. And He chose them from amongst the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so, as a result, your Islam, your Iman, your Ihsan, your Ibadah lillahi azza wa Jal is a blessing from Allah that requires what? Requires us to be thankful. And not to be arrogant, not to show off, not to be impressed with ourselves. Rather, inc- increase us, us in humility, because it is a proof of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's blessing upon us. It increases us in thankfulness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And perhaps through that thankfulness, or surely through that th- thankfulness, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will keep us firm and will increase us in guidance. And so, this is the first reason. And this is why we say, it is you alone, Ya Allah, we worship. And you, it is you alone that we seek help from. Why was seeking help mentioned after it is you alone that we worship? It is because nobody has the ability to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala except that Allah Azza wa Jal grants him the, facil- the facilitation and the help from him. You cannot worship Allah in any way in any shape or form, except through the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the more you realize this, the more tawfiq, the more success and facilitation you will receive from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is from the most important aspects of servitude towards Allah. Al-ubudiyya lillahi azza wa jal. It is realizing your, your poverty towards Allah, your need for Allah, your abs, your incapability, your da'af, your weakness, that you have no ability except that Allah Azza wa Jal has mercy upon you and guides you and keeps you firm and grants you a good ending. And then in the afterlife, through His mercy and not through your actions, you enter the paradise. So much so that nobody will enter the paradise as a result of His actions. Rather, it is only from the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so when the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, He informed the Sahaba of this, they said, not even you, Rasulullah, not even you will enter the paradise through your actions and only through the mercy of Allah. He said, not even me. Except that Allah Azza wa Jal envelops me with His mercy. Does this mean we, we don't, do any, don't do any actions? We only ask Allah for His mercy? No. It is through actions 
that we receive the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it is through the actions that determine our rank in the paradise and our rank with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so Allah says, وَعِبَادُ Rahman." The first reason we mentioned. Why it was ascribed to Ar-Rahman. So, the second reason was that it is these people that receive what? وَعِبَادُ Rahman Inna is a sign that or it is to imply, imply that these people are receiving mercy from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They're receiving mercy in this life and in the next. They're receiving protection from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this life. And Allah keeps them firm. He keeps them, their hearts firm upon Tawheed. Firm upon, upon Al-Islam. Firm upon His worship. And He grants them a good ending. An ending upon La ilaha illallah. And in the afterlife, he grants them mercy by admitting them into the paradise and saving them from the hellfire. And so these people, Allah Azza wa Jal blesses them with receiving some of his mercy. And so this is from the benefits of why Allah Azza wa Jal mentioned Wa'ibadul Rahman as opposed to saying Wa'ibadullah. And so that was the beginning of this passage. Wa'ibadul Rahman. And then Allah Azza wa Jal, He says, وَعِبَادُ الرَّحْمَنِ الَّذِينَ يَمْشُونَ عَلَى الْأَرْضِ هَوْنَا وَإِذَا خَاطَبَهُمُ الْجَاهِلُونَ قَالُوا سَلَامًا This is the first attribute that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes these believers with. These special people of Allah, these servants of Allah, this is the first attribute that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions. They are people that, when they walk on the earth, they walk with humility. They walk calmly. And so these people, they are humble towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And they are humble towards the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They are not arrogant. They do not walk with arrogance. And so these people, they are humble towards Allah. And they are humble towards the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And hawna, they walk upon the earth, hawnan. Al-hawn is adamu sur'a. It is not to be quick and hasty. And so the ulama mentioned here, that it is not only in their walking. Rather, it is in all of their affairs. They are not hasty in making decisions. They are not hasty in their thinking. They are not hasty in doing things. Because al-ajalatu min al-shaytan. Being hasty is from the shaytan. Because when you are hasty, you do things that you regret. And so, this is a result of what? They're not being hasty and being calm and tranquil. And walking with this, with this characteristic, it is a result of their iman. And their purified hearts. Because Allah has purified their hearts with iman, their hearts now have become tranquil. And as a result, that shows up on what? It shows up on their actions. It shows up in the way of thinking. It shows up in their decision making. In all of their affairs, they are tranquil. They are not hasty. And so, the heart is the king of all actions. If the heart is upright, then everything else will be upright. As the Prophet ﷺ said, إِنَّ فِي الْجَسَدِ غُضْغَ إِنَّ فِي الْجَسَدِ مُضْغَ إِذَا صَلَحَدْ صَلَحَ الْجَسَدُ كُلُّهُ وَإِذَا فَسَدَدْ فَسَدَ الْجَسَدُ كُلُّهُ عَلَى وَهِيَ الْقَلْبِ The Prophet ﷺ said, verily in their... There is a vessel inside of the inside of the body. If it is upright 
and good, then everything else will be upright and good. And so the person that says that my heart is clean, or my iman is in my heart, but he doesn't pray. You're not praying is proof that there is no iman in your heart. It is proof that your heart is not clean. Had it been clean, your actions would have followed suit. Your actions would be in accordance with that which is in your heart. If there is good in your heart, the good will show up. And if there is bad in your heart, then the bad will show up. And this is for the majority of times. And then Allah says in this ayah, And when the ignorant fools, they address them with the ignorance, with harmful things, they say salama. They don't, they don't respond with the same behavior that was given to them and shown to them. Rather, when these people are addressed with fools, they reply in a way that does not include any sins. They do not fall into sin when they reply to these ignorant individuals. Rather, they, they respond in a way that they stay away from sins and they stay away from the harm of the people. So this is an attribute of, the first attribute of Ibadul Rahman, the slaves of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so this, showing people this good manners and good treatment after they do bad to you, this was mentioned in another ayah, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَلَا تَسْتَوِي الْحَسَنَةُ وَلَا سَيِّئَةُ إِدْفَعْ بِالَّتِي هِيَ أَحْسَنُ فَإِذَا الَّذِي بَيْنَكَ وَبَيْنَهُ عَدَاوَةٌ كَأَنَّهُ وَلِيٌّ حَمِيمٌ وَمَا يُلَقَّاهَا إِلَّا الَّذِينَ صَبَرُوا وَمَا يُلَقَّاهَا إِلَّا ذُو حَظٍ عَظِيمٌ That the sin or the good deed and the sin are not the same. Repel Repel bad behavior with what? With good behavior. And then Allah says, فَإِذَا الَّذِي بَيْنَكَ وَبَيْنَهُ عَدَاوَةٌ So that the one between you and him, there is enmity, animosity. He becomes what? He becomes a close friend. And so this is from the benefits of repelling bad behavior with good behavior. That it softens the heart of that, those people that are transgressing against you. And this is part of what? Part of what? It is part of having good manners. And the Prophet ﷺ, he said, I've only been sent to what? To perfect good manners. And so the believer, the true believer, he works on having good manners with the people. After, obviously, he has good manners with Allah Azzawajal, and manners with his Prophet ﷺ, and manners with the Qur'an. Then he also has manners with the people. And for this reason, the Prophet ﷺ, he said, that the most complete of you in Iman, is the one that is most complete in what? In manners. The more complete your iman is, the more complete your manners will be. And so they are interrelated. Bad manners usually is a sign of weak iman. And so for this reason, the Prophet ﷺ himself would ask Allah to grant him what? To grant him good manners. And he would say, اِهْدِنِي لِأَحْسَنِ الْأَخْلَاقِ لَا يَهْدِي لِأَحْسَنِهَا إِلَّا أَنْتِ وَاصْرِفْ عَنِّي سَيِّئَهَا he would say, Oh Allah, guide me to the best of manners. For verily nobody guides to the best of manners except you, Ya Allah. And keep me away from having bad manners. For verily nobody keeps away bad manners from an individual except you, Ya Allah. And so this is a dua that a believer should make. A believer should always ask Allah Azza wa Jal to 
grant him beautiful manners. And in another hadith, the Prophet ﷺ said that the believer, he reaches the state or the level of the one that prays the nights and fasts the days with what? With having good manners. And if he joins between the two, if he joins between having good manners and also praying in the night and fasting in the day, we say this is even better. But this is the status of having good manners. That it is likened to the one that prays the nights and he fasts the days. And it is one of the easiest ways for a believer to have a high status with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The second attribute that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes the slaves of Ar-Rahman is that where he says, وَالَّذِينَ So all of these ayats start with, with وَالَّذِينَ And those, those what? وَالَّذِينَ يَبِيتُونَ لِرَبِّهِمْ سُجَّدًا وَقِيَامًا And they are those that they spend the nights in what? In sleep? In idle talk? Huh? In prayer. Allah says, they, st- they stand in prayer and in prostration to their Lord. لِرَبِّهِمْ سُجَّدًا وَقِيَامًا they spend their nights sincerely for Allah, sincerely towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and having khushu' to Allah azza wa jal in a state of prostration and in a state of standing, standing in prayer. And so, why was sujood and al qiyam mentioned in this ayah? So, the ulama mentioned that sujada in prostration. So, all of the salah was not mentioned, al ruku' was not mentioned. Huh? Reading Qur'an was not mentioned, rather the prayer was mentioned in particular. And so, the reason for as-sujood being mentioned in particular is because this is the state in which Allah Azza wa loves the slave the most. He loves you to be in what? In a, in a state of frustration. For this reason, this is the closest you can be towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The closest you can get to Allah is, in, is, is when you are in a state of frustration. And for this reason as well, it is one of the times in which dua is accepted. When you're in prostration to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because this is a, a display of what? A display of your humbleness, humbleness and humility towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it is to display your servitude. That you are only a slave of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that you are a weak creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you are in need of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is why Allah azza wa jalla loves the sujood. Some of the reasons of why which which Allah Azza wa Jal loves as sujood, and this is why it was mentioned in this ayah. Waqiyama and standing. What was standing mentioned in this ayah? Because this is the time in which the best of words are mentioned. What are the best of words? Huh? The words of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. The best form of remembrance is what is the recitation of the Quran, and this is why it was mentioned in this ayah. So these are the slaves of Ar-Rahman. People that are keen on praying Qiyam al-Layl. They pray Qiyam al-Layl, that which is not even obligatory. It is something that Allah Azza wa has made recommended. But nevertheless, they are keen on praying to their Lord in the nights, drawing closer to Him, in love of Him, and hoping His reward, and fear of His punishment. And asking, asking Allah Azza wa for their needs. Their needs in this life and in the afterlife. And concerning the virtue of Qiyam al-Layl, the Prophet ﷺ said, The best prayer after the obligatory prayer is what? Is the night prayer, Salatul layl And also the Prophet ﷺ said, 
The Prophet said, Upon you is what? Qiyamul Layl. The night prayer. For verily it is the path of the righteous. The path of the righteous is in what? Praying Qiyamul Layl. Praying the night prayer. It is the path of the righteous of those that have come before you. And it is something that draws you closer to Allah. And it is one of the greatest means in which a believer draws closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it is an expiation of a person's sins. It is one of the greatest means in which a believer expiates his sins and washes off his sins with performing the night prayer. And it is something that prevents a person from what? From committing sins. It is one of the greatest means in which you purify yourself and you purify your heart in order to refrain from sins. So for those that, for those that constantly complain, why can't I live off sins? Why am I, am I always committing sins even though I don't want to? Even though I want to stay away from sins? Then ask yourself, how is your relationship with Qiyamul Layl? If your relationship with Qiyamul Layl is good, then inshallah, it will be a great means in which Allah Azza wa Jalla will assist you in refraining from refraining from sins in general. Because as-salah tanha anil fahsha'i wal munkar. The prayer, it makes a person stay away from al-fahsha'i wal munkar. All types of sins, all types of immoral acts. It protects the individual from committing all types of sins. And so when does Qiyamul Layl start? In reality, a person can start Qiyamul Layl as soon as he prays Salatul Aisha. Up until he prays Fajr, or until the Adhan of Fajr. All of that is a time for Qiyamul Layl. And so the ulama mentioned there are four levels of Qiyamul Layl. The first level, which is the, not the best level, rather the beginner's level, is that a person prays immediately after Salatul Aisha. If a person, person prays Witr, after Salatul Isha, we say he has prayed Qiyamul Layl. So this person, a person that does not pray any Qiyamul Layl, upon him is to start with what? Praying at least Al-Witr, after he prays Salatul Isha, so that he may be from these people, and he may share in their virtue, and he may be from those Ibadul Rahman, the slaves of Ar-Rahman, the ones that receive this mercy from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And perhaps with that, Allah Azza wa Jalla increase him to the highest, highest levels of Qiyamul Layl. And so the level after that is what? Is to pray before a person goes to sleep. As the Prophet ﷺ, he would advise some of the Sahaba to pray al-Witr before they would sleep. And so this is the second level of Qiyamul Layl. The third level is to pray before Salat al-Fajr. To wake up before Salat al-Fajr and to pray Qiyamul Layl in the last third of the night. And this is the time in which Allah descends to the lowest heaven. And he asks, is there anybody to ask from me so that I shall give him? Is there anybody seeking forgiveness so that I may forgive him? This is the time in which dua is accepted. As-Sahar is the time in which dua is accepted. And it is in time in which Allah Azza loves the believer to rise and to pray to him. So this is the third level. The fourth level is the level of Dawood salam And the level of the Prophet wasallam. The best type of Qiyam al-Layl is that has been, has been mentioned in the narration. It is the, the prayer of Dawood alayhi salam, the Prophet David, in which he would sleep half of the night and then he would get up and pray a third of the night 
and then he would sleep for a sixth of the night. So his intention of waking up was not for Salat al-Fajr. The only intention, the only reason why he got up from his comfort is so that he can pray towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Qiyamul Layl. He did not combine his intention with Salat al-Fajr. The only reason that got him up was Salat al-Layl. Qiyamul Layl, the night prayer. And so he prays and then he goes back to sleep and then he wakes up once again for Salat al-Fajr. And this is why the Prophet ﷺ, after praying Qiyamul Layl, he would lay down. And so the fuqaha, the scholars mentioned that it is recommended for a person after praying Qiyamul Layl, even if it may be for a short time, for him to rest. If he sleeps, alhamdulillah. If he doesn't sleep, at least he fulfills his sunnah of attempting to lay down and sleep before a, per- a person gets up for Salat al-Fajr. And with this, inshallah, he will he will reach this highest state of praying Qiyamul Layl. And so like we said, if a believer straight away tries to attempt the highest form or the hardest form of ibadah, it is most likely that he's not going to be able to do so. And for this reason, the ulama say that al-ibadah is like a muscle. It is something that you have to train. And so start with something that is simple. Like we mentioned, Start with praying Al-Witr right after Salat Al-Isha. And stay doing this for some time. Until you find yourself now, you can go to the next level of praying before you go to sleep. So pray Al-Witr before you go to sleep. And then attempt to get up right before Salat Al-Fajr. And pray Qiyamul Layl in that time. And then after that, inshallah, you can increase. And Qiyamul Layl doesn't require many raka'at. It is better to pray more raka'at, but it doesn't require many raka'at. So a person, even if he prays a few number of raka'at, then he has, inshallah, fulfilled this sunnah and achieved the blessing of this ibadah. So if this is the case of ibadul rahman with qiyamul layl, then what can be said with their relationship with the five daily prayers, the obligatory prayers? Doesn't it take precedence that they are keen and diligent in praying the five daily prayers. So Ibadul Rahman, they are keen on praying the five daily prayers with perfection. Perfecting these salawat. Because a salah is the, is the, the pillar of Islam. It is the pillar of the religion. Upon it, the religion is built. Without salah, there is no, there is no religion. And for this reason, the person who does not pray is not a Muslim. He's a kafir. According to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, al-ahdu ladi bainana wa bainahum as-salah. Faman tarakaha faqad kafar. The covenant between us and them, or the difference between us and them, us the Muslims and them the disbelievers, is what the prayer. So whomsoever leaves it has indeed disbelieved. The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he said. So ibadul Rahman are people that are diligent in praying the five daily prayers and perfecting them, in fulfilling all of their Wajibat, the arkan and the wajibat, the pillars and the obligations of the salah, and then increasing upon that with the mustahabbat, the things that are recommended in the prayer, and prolonging their prayer, and having khushu' lillahi azza wa jal, concentrating their prayer, and praying early on, praying the salawat early on, because Allah azza wa jal loves that. And it is the fine, it is the, from the greatest forms of ibadah, that you pray your five daily prayers early on.
with the except, exception of Salat al-Isha, it is recommended for a person to delay it to the first third of the night. Unless he is praying in jama'ah, and the jama'ah prays right after the adhan, then obviously it is more recommended to him to pray with the jama'ah. And some scholars would say it is obligatory upon him to pray with the jama'ah. And regardless of whether it is obligatory or not obligatory, then we say, if Ibadul Rahman are diligent in Qiyamul Layl, they are more diligent in praying their salawat in the mosques, in the masajid. Because that is where Allah loves the prayer the most. And it is, the, the reward of doing such is multiplied. So this is from the attributes of Ibadul Rahman. The third characteristic is that these believers, these slaves of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, although they worship Allah, and they have noble traits, and they draw closer to Allah, and they refrain from that which Allah Azza wa has made prohibited, then they are in fear of the hellfire. They are in fear of the punishment of the Almighty. And so Allah Azza wa He describes them. وَالَّذِينَ يَقُولُونَ رَبَّنَا صْرِفْ عَنَّا عَذَابَ جَهَنَّمْ إِنَّ عَذَابَهَا كَانَ غَرَامًا إِنَّهَا سَاءَتْ مُسْتَقَرًّا وَمُقَامًا They say, O oh, our Lord, keep us away from the punishment of the hellfire. For verily, its punishment is inseparable. And it is continuous. It never ends. They fear the punishment of the hellfire. And so they ask Allah Azza wa Jal to save them from the hellfire. Evil it is as a destination And evil it is as An abode A home And so this is the believer The believer although he does righteous actions He is fearful that his actions are not going to be accepted by Allah And as a result he is fearful of The hellfire He doesn't feel safe from The punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala But with that he has hope in Allah's reward and he has hope in Allah Azza wa having mercy upon him in entering into the paradise. And these are the two wings of the believers. The believer, he worships Allah with having fear of him and also having hope in his mercy. He has a balance with these two acts of worship. This is how he draws closer to Allah. This is how he flies to Allah like a bird. The two wings of a bird, fear and hope. And the head of the bird is love. Love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The love of Allah is that which drives him to worship Allah. And the fear of Allah makes him fearful of the punishment of Allah. And that caused him to what? Caused him to do that which Allah loves. And the hope in Allah caused him to hope in Allah's reward. And to hope in Allah accepting his actions. And also hope for the paradise. And hope that Allah will forgive him when he sins. Because verily he will sin. It is inevitable. As the Prophet ﷺ said, Very, Every son of Adam is a sinner. And every sinner, or every person that makes mistakes, or the best of those that make mistakes, are those that make tawbah. Those that repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the believer, he does not say, Allah is never going to forgive me. Rather, he has hope in Allah's mercy. Hope in Allah's forgiveness. Regardless of what he has done, Verily Allah forgives all of sins. So he has hope in Allah's mercy that Allah will forgive him as long as he does a sincere repentance. And so concerning a person fearing his actions not being accepted by Allah, 
Aisha radiallahu anha said, I asked the Prophet sallallahu about the ayah, and those that they give, that which they have been given, and their hearts are fearful. Fearful of it not being accepted. And so she said, she said, عنها, She said, Are they the ones that they drink khamar? They drink alcohol and they still? Is this why they fear that the actions will not be accepted by Allah? He said, No, O daughter of a Siddiq, O daughter of Abu Bakr, rather they are those that they fast and they pray and they give in charity. But, but what? They fear that it will not be accepted from them. So the believer should not feel safe from the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For very, that is a major sin. And likewise, he does not despair from Allah's mercy. Because that is also a major sin. Rather, he worship, worships Allah with his balance. The balance of hope and fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As for the hypocrite, then he is the one that does what? And he does the sins, he leaves off the obligations, and then he feels what? He feels safe from the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So if this is your case, then know that you are in a very dangerous state. And it is a sign of hypocrisy. So make sure you rectify yourself if this is your case. So they say, Rabbana nasrif anna adaba jahannam. Oh Allah, save us from the punishment of the hell. And this dua in reality is a dua for the means in which that keep you away from the fire of the hell. So we're not only making dua to Allah to save us from the hell fire, we are asking Allah to keep us away from the actions that what? That lead us to the hell fire. Because verily it is actions that lead, leads a person to the hell fire. And also, we are asking Allah Azza wa Jal to grant us and to bless us with the actions that lead to where? To the paradise, to Jannah. This is what we are saying when we make this dua to Allah. Because verily making dua without taking the means is not from having reliance upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Rather a person needs to take the means and he needs to ask Allah Azza wa Jal to save him from the means in which that lead him into the hellfire. And this is why the Prophet ﷺ, he would say, Allahumma inni asaluka al-jannah wa ma qarraba ilayha min qawlin wa amal, aw amal. Wa a'udhu bika min al-nar wa ma qarraba ilayha min qawlin aw amal. He would say, oh Allah, I ask you for paradise. And then he would say, and I ask you for the actions that draw me closer to the paradise. From actions and statements. And I, I seek refuge from you. Or I seek refuge in you from the punishment of the hellfire. And that which draws a person closer to the hellfire with statements or from statements and actions. And so we'll stop here, And if Allah Azza wa Jal gives us life and the brothers and invite us another time, we'll complete the other attributes of the slaves of Ar Rahman. And we'll discuss, inshaAllah, the reward that Allah Azza wa Jal has prepared for them. The highest ranks in the paradise. Hada wallahu alam wa sallallahu wa sallam ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Wa jazakumullahu khairan.
This program was presented by Albion Radio 89.3.